Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) god damn it. (laughs) This is off to a great start. Things are going really well. (laughs) So, today slash this week is actually a very special episode. A couple weeks ago, I want to say it was maybe during the formative media segment, I can't Mm -hmm. remember, but I offhandedly made the joke that I had maybe seen, like, a Star War, which prompted an entire spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. So... We are beginning a series called Nerdjucation, Make Kirsty Watch a Star War. It's happening. It's finally happening. So to give you all, like, a tiny bit of expanded context, I meant what I said. I had seen-ish a Star War. I saw Revenge of the Sith a couple times when I was in high school, but remember nothing about it, except that Sith Lords have purple lightsabers? Red? They've got sure. their own color. It's whatever. <laughs> Um, And then when I was in high school, I had seen, I think now that I've seen the movies, I had seen A New Hope, but like, ah, fucking no. So I'm really operating on like zero knowledge coming into this. So this week I watched all of the original trilogy Mm -hmm. and Kelsey is going to be my Yoda and we're going to talk about it. I'd rather be your Obi-Wan. You can be my Obi-Wan. All right. My Ben Kenobi. (laughs) in what is the world's most useless alias. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. This has brought me so much joy this week. Oh, my God. It's been buck wild, guys. (laughs) I've learned so much about myself. So much. And I've learned so much about the world around me. Like, I honestly feel like I am a citizen of a different society now that I've seen all three of these movies. It's fucking crazy how much I've been missing out on. (laughs) So, for a little bit of background on my end, I know we talked about this in formative media, I'll be brief. I discovered Star Wars during the prequel times, so I saw all the old ones, obviously, and then I was at least in the theaters for the second and third prequels. So I got really into it in middle school, high school, I guess. And I had things like the Star Wars Visual Dictionary. I had a book about the making of episode three. I had the Sims expansion pack (laughs) thing for Padme's weird dress in episode two that Kiersey hasn't seen yet. So I was, yeah... I was a little invested. That's amazing. It was fun. Yeah, it's it's something, I tell ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Do you care to expand on yeah. that into an hour-long segment? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we're done here. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So here's a little bit of what you have to look forward to. I was given a couple tasks w- during my watching. Yeah. And I was asked to keep note of my burning questions, worst lines of dialogue, gripes, and to identify something to hate watch my joy about. Right. And then, as we discuss each film, I am going to follow up with a nifty little trivia section. Just to make sure I actually watched them. Mm-hmm. So that we don't do what we did the last time I watched Star Wars and forget that I had ever seen them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So we're going to go movie by movie. Wait, before we start this. Sure, sure, sure. I would just like to let everyone know that multiple people spent quite a long time trying to tell Kirsty which episode b- number belongs to which movie title <laughs> and what order she should watch them in. And, oh, I don't know. She was like, I don't know what the numbers mean because they're out of order. It's so baffling. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. Because, like, we are going to get into it, but oh my God, George Lucas, if you're out there, the fuck are you doing to me? <laughs> but yes, it was literally a thing in the Thought Bubble Audio host Slack channel. It was. For days. <laughs> They're all good sports, our friends over at Thought Bubble Audio. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now with that context of how much of a newborn baby Kirstie was. It was tough. It was tough. And I'm assuming, Kelsey, that you're coming armed with the screenshots that you took. Oh, yeah. I'll be sharing those. Don't worry. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter. I hate watch with us. You'll get it all. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's start with uh, episode... Hold on. Four? Mm-hmm. Six? Ah. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. I was so close. episode four. Episode four. A New Hope. Which, for the record... What's the first thing to ever come out? Fucking George Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) So, executive summary of this film. We meet Darth Vader, and we're introduced to the Death Star, which is a really big spaceship that can blow up planets. And he has some House of Cards policy talk with some people on Mm -hmm. on his death ship. And then we meet... Wait for it. C-3PO? Mm-hmm. I got it wrong like six times today. Lauren had to keep <laughs> correcting me. <laughs> Were you practicing? Yes. Oh. Because it, literally in all of the years that Star Wars has been in the world, I have not been able to figure out what his name is. Oh, my God. Like, in my head, it was like CP-3O. Like, I don't... It's It's hard, guys. Um, especially because it's fucking arbitrary. What the fuck does that even stand for? Someone knows the answer to that, you know. Yeah, and I would like you to tell me, because I have literally a thousand questions. Oh, boy. Um, so we meet C-3PO and R2-D2 on a planet, and they get into trouble. And then we meet Luke, who's the newborn baby lamb child, who (laughs) works on a farm and also repairs droids, I think. Mm -hmm. And... Then somehow CP C three C three PO. I'm looking at it written down, and I still fucked it up. Uh, the gold robot. <laughs> that one. And our, <laughs> in my notes, I kept referring to him as Gold Man. <laughs> um, 
the gold robot and R2-D2 end up with Luke somehow, and he has to fix them. And then R2-D2 displays a hologram of a beautiful young woman who is speaking to someone called Obi-Wan Kenobi, and she's in trouble. And Luke gets very upset that she's in trouble because she's very pretty, and -hmm. he wants to help her. But then his parents are all like, bro, don't even worry about it. And then Luke's like, okay, but if I can't worry about it, then who's Obi-Wan Kenobi? And they're like, oh, don't even worry about it. And he's like, but is he related to Ben Kenobi? Who's this dude who just trolls around on my planet? And they're like, no, no, just don't even worry about it. And then we meet Ben Kenobi, who very quickly reveals himself to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then they go and find Han Solo in a bar on a planet. um, And we learn about the Force. And they convince Han Solo to take them on an adventure through the galaxy to go, I think, to the Death Star, I guess. Mm -hmm. Go somewhere. They end up at the Death Star. In the meantime, the Death Star blows up a planet, and then they get to the Death Star, and there's a very long time spent running around the Death Star. Oh, because Princess Leia has the plans to the Death Star and wants to give them to the Rebels so they can blow it up. So they're trying to save her so she can help blow up the Death Star. So then we run around the Death Star for a little while, and eventually they find Leia, and then they all fall in a trash compactor. (laughs) This is where shit got weird. (laughs) (laughs) Shit got real weird for me, guys. Um, And then they get out of the trash compactor, reunite with the rebels, and then Luke gets in a super cool spaceship and he flies around and blows up the Death Star. And then there's a medal ceremony in Gondor. Wow. Despite some small factual errors, (laughs) you did a pretty good job. Yay! Look at you go. Yeah. So... (laughs) wow um yeah do you want to tell me your overall thoughts yeah so i would say that like the last half of this movie very much made up for the first half Mm -hmm. which i feel like has become a trend like there have been a lot of movies recently where we've talked about like disliking it at the beginning and then the climax of it like convincing you yep and i definitely feel like i was there On the flip side, most of the things in my notes is, like, shit that I would have appreciated having explained rather than just sort of put out there as if I'm just supposed to accept it and not ask questions. Like the whole universe? Like, the literally the entire universe. Okay. Um, (laughs) And uh, there were, like, maybe two things that were explained to me by the end of the original trilogy, but most of my questions still stand. So that's it for general thoughts. Like, are you ready for me to get into my my table? Yeah, sure. Or do you want to do trivia first? No, I'm going to save trivia for the end. I guess I'll give you my two cents, though. Okay. It's going to be a bonus segment, Kelsey's two cents that no one asked for. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's allowed. So this is my favorite of all of the Star Wars. Really? Yes. Interesting. I feel like I don't hear that often. I know. I feel like there's a lot of love for Return of the Jedi. No, there's no love for Return of the Jedi. Oh, There's all the love then the for other Empire. one, I guess. Sure. Anyway, I feel that this movie stands well on its own. Just yeah. Like, so most of the other Star Wars need other story to help it. This one, because it was the first and presumably the only at the time, mm-hmm. uh, stands well on its own. It is very approachable for everyone. 
which mm-hmm. is a little bit against what you were saying, but I think everyone can watch it and find something in there to be interested in, whether it's like Han Solo's yeah. body or <laughs> space or I don't know, some other stuff, robots. There's robots. something for everyone. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's mostly what I had to say about it. I just like the story and I think it's concise and fun and it's just my favorite. I'll give you that. It doesn't get too bogged down with like the details of the universe or like yeah, I was little like... subplot that happens later in the series. It's like there is one point from beginning to end and everything aligns to it. I was like violently flipped flopping back and forth on this in a time of George R. R. Martin, where I am so appreciative that even though the sort of world of Star Wars is so expansive and like deep and, you know, the fandom has had a lot of time to learn a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. um, and build out that universe for themselves without it having to be in the movie. So like, I appreciate that. And yet, like, there were definitely times where I felt like that was lacking like we're gonna get into it because it comes up all over my notes and in a few different categories but like so much of my experience of this movie and this series would have been different if I had any sense at all of like the size of the galaxy the number of planets the number of alien species Mm -hmm. the structure of government what Darth Vader's fucking job title is <laughs> like just some basic things that you could have like rolled off with some quick snappy dialogue. Sure, some world building. Just like just the tiniest bit. Like I don't need it to be like season 1 of Game of Thrones where it took 10 hours to get to Ned Stark having his head cut off and the war in Westeros starting to set premise. Yeah. I don't need that. I just need like a couple of little data points to hold on to to reference as I'm like trying to figure out what the Rebel Alliance stands for and why the Empire's bad. All right. That's fair. You know, like, I literally have no idea why I'm supposed to be rooting for the Rebels over the Empire, other than the fact that Darth Vader wears black and someone told me the Empire was bad. The 70s were simpler times, Kirstie. No kidding. (laughs) 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 Like, as of right now, the Empire seems fine. All the planets seem to have food and economies. <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so let's dive into your table. Okay, I have a lot of burning questions. Mm-hmm. So I will not read all of them. I think I had 11 for this movie. Oh, I meant to answer these? As best you can. All right. Otherwise, I just sort of present them to the universe and if y'all out there are able to answer my burning questions, find us on Twitter at HeyWatchWithUs or send us, like, fan essays, HeyWatchWithUs at gmail.com. Like, help me. <laughs> um, okay, but first one. What the fuck is it with, like, this weird anti-droid sentiment? There's, like, some weird cultural stuff between, like, droids and people and, like, ownership of droids and, like, where droids are and what they do. Like, there's there were some weird feelings about droids. I mean, I would take a guess that that's more of an echo of the sentiment of 1977. Fair enough. It's, like, automization, like, fucking shut up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I can handle that. So it's not that, like, there's anything inherent in Star Wars in terms of, like, the narrative about droids. It was more just, like... No. The culture bleeding over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is more of a broad question for the whole trilogy than just this movie, but I was reminded of it in the first one. But what is it with nerd properties and incest? Yeah, I don't have any answers for that at all. <laughs> like, why is this happening? Um, I just have so many questions. Yeah. And I know that I know that they kind of get over it in Return of the Jedi. Like, they're done with it by then. But, like, there was still a brief period. I think that George Lucas didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Okay. And so he was going for an angle that then changed. Fair enough, fair enough. That's my fan theory on this one. I'll take it. It sounds like logic to me. Am I too old or, like, too young, or am I the appropriate age to find young Luke Skywalker attractive? Yeah, I always found young Luke Skywalker attractive. Okay. I was over him by Return of the Jedi, but in this movie, when he's, like, still a fresh-faced little lamb boy, I was into it. Yeah, I was too. As, like, an older adult, I'm really way more here for Harrison Ford, but, you know. Oh, yeah. We all are. All right. I have a theory that Star Wars never would have taken off without Harrison Ford's beauty. Ugh. I think he's like 80% the success of the franchise. I'm willing to accept that as fact. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. They show this long scene of Luke's adoptive father speaking to his adoptive mother, and she's like standing in the kitchen prepping food, mm-hmm. and she's cutting a head of fennel. Mm-hmm. It's clearly fennel. <laughs> Why the fuck are they eating fennel? Because it looks exotic. <laughs> like, they, they had so many alien costumes, they couldn't even invent an alien food. They couldn't even, like, paint the fennel a different color. Don't they have blue milk? Yes. But sure, let's chop ahead of fennel. I mean... I don't mean for this to cross over and be a gripe, but, like, seriously, why are they eating fennel? You're not on Earth. <laughs> this is my favorite (laughs) it really upset me like i was thinking about it for the next like three scenes (laughs) will you send a letter to george lucas about that (laughs) i would literally pay you twenty (laughs) dollars like what was happening in 1977 that made george lucas be like the pedal on this planet with two sons (laughs) i love that It literally has, like, ten question marks behind it in my table. Mm Mm-hmm. Why does the Death Star look like the Earth's moon? Because it was easy. Sure. Great. Um, was that Carrie Fisher's real hair or a wig? I believe it was a wig. Okay. But I could be wrong. That makes sense to me through the entire series, especially in Return of the Jedi when she's wearing her hair long. Yep. Yep. But I was J-dubs. Um, you alluded to this earlier, but when George Lucas made this movie, did he know for sure he was going to get the other two? No. Okay. So then, what the fuck was it with his numbering? Why, like, why was the only movie he was putting out going to be four? I think that was done once the prequels were determined in the 90s. Really? Yep. Oh. I had scratched this out. This was my very first question, but I scratched it out because I thought it was obvious, but I guess not. So how were they referred to when they first came out? 
I would imagine just by their titles or one, two, and three. I don't know. I wasn't around in 1977. Well, I could bet that it's on the internet somewhere. And the last time I checked, you read stuff on the internet. I guess. God forbid you know some trivia. God. (laughs) So full of sass. I've had like at least half an answer to all of your burning questions so far. (laughs) No, that's fair. I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. So what was going on at the time in nerd culture that made this blow the fuck up? I think that... I don't know enough about nerd culture, but I think that this had a broad appeal. Uh Uh-huh. And the production value for its time was decent. Sure. I think. I I did learn in all of my Googling that they had, like, a very shoestring budget. Yeah. I mean, you can see the little strings for, like, the ships if you look hard enough. Yeah, I mean, it blew my mind because I have to say, like, the visual effects are way better than I was expecting. I actually like them. And you'll see in the prequels, but they start to rely too heavily on CGI, and it loses some of its charm. Yeah, yeah. Like, where I disagreed with, like, visual effects choices is in the costuming, particularly for the aliens, but not in, like, the spaceships or the battles or, like, any of the stuff that would take the higher-end tech, in theory. Yep. The alien costumes were fucking bananas. The fuck? I mean... (laughs) Yeah, they're like Halloween costumes. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's like they went to that fucking Halloween store in Cambridge, mm-hmm. dove into the dollar pile, <laughs> and hoped for the best. We've talked about that twice now on this podcast. <laughs> I know, it matters. <laughs> it may be regional, but it's an important touchstone. That's fair. <laughs> so, li- worst lines of dialogue is seems annoying to read. And I had a lot of them. Pick, like, two. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have my two. Uh, No, I have three. I have three that I'm going to read. All right. Okay, so in this one, it's some kind of army guy talking to some other guy about potential damage to the Death Star. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, dangerous to your Starfleet, not to our battle station. (laughs) Sure, 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 sure. I have no idea who said this one, but it, I quote, don't be too proud of this technological terror you've created. <laughs> oh, boy. And then I also don't know who said this, but based on the chronological order of my notes, it was very close to the end. And it reads, well, you're an evil master now, or a master of evil now. <laughs> sure. I mean, the dialogue throughout... <laughs> All of these movies is known for being super busted, so... Oh my god, there's so many great things. It's so wonderful and so bad. (laughs) Oh, I also had, I can't get involved, I have work to do. A story for these, our modern times. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to gripes, there are four of these, which is altogether not bad. I'm a pretty gripey person. Mm -hmm. I was super not fucking amused at Luke... And his love at first sight bullshit when R2-D2 showed him the hologram of Leia. Yep. He spent like three scenes talking about how beautiful she was and how he needed to help. It's like, shut the fuck up, you small baby child. (laughs) (laughs) No one gives a shit. Yep. In the scene where 
Luke says goodbye to Han Solo before the fighter jet mission, yep. Luke is wearing some fucking bananas bronzer. Yeah. It's so distracting. He does get a little orange. Oh, Lord. Like, what happened? <laughs> and why? Um, I don't know who exactly I was referring to, but shortly thereafter, I wrote Luke's friend's pedo mustache. It's one of the guys fighting in that scene. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it was the 70s. Like, they had weird mustaches back then. But, but I was not here for it. It was still a gripe. Like, it rose pretty high in terms of the other shit I had to put up with in this movie. Right. And then my last gripe is Luke's bronzer at the medal ceremony. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why did they not fire the makeup artist before? <laughs> George Lucas was also the makeup artist. (laughs) Oh, lordy. So, last thing. Hate Watch My Joy. Yep. The thing from this movie that brought me so much fucking joy was finding out the origin of trash compactor scenes in popular culture. So, real talk, guys. This is going to sound fucking absurd and i know that but there are like a lot of other texts that reference the trash compactor like they throw their characters into a trash compactor and they have to fight their way out yeah and i have seen lots of them and been like why the fuck are content creators always throwing their characters into trash compactors like why is this a thing that happens Like, how many trash compactors can the average human fall into? I did not know that it was a reference, (laughs) let alone a reference to Star Wars. (laughs) So they all fall into the trash compactor and they're looking for something to hold the walls open. Well, even before the walls start to close, they fall in and I'm like, oh, fuck, the walls are definitely going to close because they always do in trash compactors. And then I was like, wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Like. You only got, in the Slack channel, you only got, like, half of my panic, but I, like, grabbed Lauren, and I was like, wait. (laughs) (laughs) And then I texted Kelsey, and I was like, is this where trash compactors came from? (laughs) Guys, I think Kirstie needs to drink twice for, like, eternity. I... <laughs> well, I sent I sent a follow up text and I was like, "Do I drink twice in celebration? Because I don't know how to retroactively yeah, compensate for this. Too many <laughs> like <laughs> reparations for this particular reference would be difficult. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but it brought me so much joy. Like it was like a good check in with myself. Like. There's so much culture around us at any given time. There's no way you know everything about all of it. And, like, it was fucking wild for me to see the origin of something. It was so wonderful. It was amazing. I was really grateful for that. Like, very genuinely, that felt rewarding to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So are you ready for quiz time? Ready, ready. All right. So what's going to happen is I'm going to give you four questions, and then a fifth one from one of our friends at Thought Bubble Audio as a guest question. And if you get the answer correct, this is the sound that you will hear. 
Nope, it, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound. <laughs> if you get the answer wrong, you will hear this. Ready for your first question? So ready. All right. This is an easy one. Okay. How many sons does Tatooine have? Two. (laughs) (laughs) Great job. (laughs) What kind of farm does Luke grow up on? Oh, no. Um, A fennel farm? The correct answer is a moisture farm. Sure, 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 (laughs) sure. All right. What color is Obi Wan's lightsaber? Fuck. Green? Damn it. (laughs) It is blue. Ah. Okay. What is the weak point in the Death Star? Uh, it's like an exhaust pipe or something. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Sure. It's the exhaust pipes that lead to the reactor. Oh, okay. I right. Actually, I have a gripe about that in Return of the Jedi. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have one question from our friend Palmer. Hey, Palmer. What problem did the R2 unit have that forced Luke and Uncle Owen to buy R2-D2? Oh, I didn't know it was a specific problem. I thought he was just kind of (laughs) dumb. Bad operating system. He had a buggy OS. (laughs) He had a bad motivator. Sure, sure. Me too. People didn't know operating systems. <laughs> In which R2-D2 is all of us. <laughs> no Plan- kidding. <laughs> Planned obsolescence came for R2-D2. Oh boy. <laughs> all right, so you got two right. Yay! <laughs> you retained some knowledge. <laughs> I feel like you can get a good baseline for how I'm going to perform in trivia based on my summary. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which really teases up for episode five, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm hype. <laughs> this was my least favorite movie of the three. Empire was? Yeah, I really did not like this movie. Wow. I'm sorry. I know that that's disappointing to some people out there. Tell me more. I just, it was boring and dumb and I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Actually, as I was writing my summary, I uh, read Wikipedia about it and you still cheated. didn't remember much. Wow. <laughs> You'll see how far it got me when I read my summary. Go for it. Okay. So Han Solo is there and he's on some kind of mission and he's mad about it because he's trying to leave so he can go pay back Jabba the Hutt for some debt he acquired. So he, like, does this mission, and Luke is lost in the snow, and luckily everyone had a North Face outlet, um, <laughs> and Han Solo has to, like, cut open a smelly animal and stuff Luke inside until he can, like, get him to safety. 
And then they get back to their spaceship and Han Solo has to leave because he's done. And Leia gets really mad at him that he's leaving. And so they have relationship conflict. And then the Empire wants to rebuild the Death Star or something. And in the meantime, they're mad at stuff. Um, Luke goes off and finds Yoda and is trying to learn the Force. Everyone else is busy in spaceships. Luke eventually ends up in whatever ship Darth Vader is hanging out on in the absence of the Death Star. And they have a long battle scene and they talk a lot. And then Darth Vader reveals that he's Luke's father. And then he chops off Luke's hand and Luke has to get a bionic hand. Um, And then Han Solo gets frozen at some point in that movie. Yeah. (laughs) You got there. I got there. (laughs) So... General thoughts? You already kind of sold me. Anything else? Yeah, I wasn't really here for it. All right. This one had the least number of notes, but it had six gripes and eight burning questions. So (laughs) slightly better and slightly worse than the first movie. Fair enough. (laughs) Burning questions first? Yeah. Kelsey, this one's for you. Oh, boy. How on earth? Did you put up with the rom-com between Leia, Luke, and Han Solo? Uh, <laughs> I kept waiting for it to start. I know you'll find the rom-com in anything, <laughs> but, like, how did you deal with this? I was okay with it. I didn't really think of it as a love triangle. I tried to put that part away. So I just really was working yeah. with the people I cared about being Han and Leia, because Luke can suck it. But, like... Even the relationship between Leia and Han is like, ugh. They got I mean, their moments. I like them as a couple, so I want to be super clear about that. Like, I ship them. I think they belong together. That is a good fit. I approve. I just don't like the way their relationship is written. I like that it's a little salty. Yeah. But I think I relate to it the way you related to Guy Patterson and Faye in That Thing You Do. Like, not at all. Right. It feels like George Lucas was like, these two are sassy. What if they dated? Oh, yeah. That man has literally never seen a rom-com in his life. (laughs) Or maybe a movie, arguably. I have a lot of beef (laughs) with George. (laughs) On a scale of normal professional directors slash producers to Chris Columbus, how do you feel about George Lucas? (laughs) He's like a runner-up to Chris Columbus. If Chris Columbus was not here to give us the gift of the greatest hate watch of all time, George Lucas would certainly be the president of that little group. The president of Hate Watch Nation. Unfortunately, there is not a Lucas Day, but there is a Columbus Day. (laughs) Chris Columbus can be president of Hate Watch Nation, and George Lucas can be vice president. I mean... George Lucas thought he was being sly and subtle when he named his character Luke. Oh, shit, I hadn't even noticed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The man is so self-absorbed. If I had thought about it for, like, three seconds longer, I probably would have caught on, but I was so distracted. Yeah. I actually came to that epiphany not that long ago, and I was like, no fucking way. Oh, well, I don't feel as bad then. Yeah, don't. (laughs) So... Why is the Empire bad? You asked me this last time. 
But, like, the why? Some of this will get answered in the prequels, but it's mostly that they derive all their power from the bad side of the Force. Okay. So they're inherently evil. So it's not that their system of government is bad, it's just that they're not good people. They're Yeah, they're led by evil people. Sure, 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 sure. You know, I didn't, this this was more relevant in the first one because they didn't say it or refer to it this way again in the next two. But in the first movie, they talk about the Force as being part of an unnamed religion. And it, like, drives me crazy that for the rest of the time, that's, like, never expanded upon. Because I don't know what to refer to that situation as other than the Force. But it has been established in canon that the Force is not all there is to that situation. Well, just you wait. <laughs> I, like, cannot fucking wait for Phantom Menace. <laughs> I want to live watch that with you so badly. We can arrange that. I'm going to. We have oh, ways. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it was worth it just to hear your joy. Oh, my God. Um, so why, why are there always droids on the back of the spaceships like why why are there always like r2d2s plopped into the back of the fighter jets they're meant to do any kind of like real-time maintenance oh that's kind of cool yeah so this is relevant to a question that i asked you on slack that i kind of answered i was having this whole debate with myself about chain of influence between star trek star wars and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy Yep. Which I more or less answered by looking at Wikipedia. You guys can look at Wikipedia and find the dates for yourselves. <laughs> um, but basically, it went in that order chronologically. Yep. But like, C3PO and Marvin are basically the same character, right? You're asking me, and I've never seen or read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <sighs> You're useless to me. Just drink twice. All right. Here's my wine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're like the same character, which keeps the chain of influence question like somewhat relevant because it's like Douglas Adams. What were you playing at? I mean, I think I know what you were playing at, but like, what were you playing at? Yep. Um, Are droids waterproof? I believe so. Are lightsabers waterproof? Yes. Why does everyone refer to it as the Millennium, Millennium Falcon? Falcon. The Falcon. I think that's just a manner of speaking. I despise it, and I want to burn them all. Well, I feel like it's a falcon for the yeah. Record. But I think I think Falcon. I'm thinking about how some people, like my parents' age, speak, and they would say Falcon. Ugh. I think it's like a dialect thing that literally everyone in the galaxy has. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> Like the seventies wasn't that long ago. It's not like it's not like we're talking about the dialect that people had in like the thirties. Well, it's just as far of a distance between the thirties and the seventies. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you need a minute? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Math is wild, you guys. <laughs> Oh boy, time is meaningless. <laughs> Nothing fucks you, Nothing harder, fucks than you harder than time. <laughs> uh, you know what? Thank the Daves for giving us that. 
That's been the greatest gift of the season of Game of Thrones. It's true. Like, Game of Thrones has ruined everything for me, except they gave me that line, and I think I can forgive them. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of lines, let's move on to worst line of dialogue from this movie. Yep. I only have three. Shocking. Shocking. And one of them is actually not bad. It just, like, deserved to be here. So the first one is an exchange between Leia and Han Solo, and they're in a room with Chewbacca who laughs at them. And she says, I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brains. And then Chewbacca starts laughing, and Han Solo goes, laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> yeah. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Comebacks of the 80s.tumblr.com. So <laughs> um, the next one is two kinds of Empire Army guys. Uh, looking at computer things on their spaceship. And one of them says a bunch of stuff, and then the sentence that I wrote starts with, ships are coming into our sector. And the other guy says, good, our first catch of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, because they're going to reel them in with their magnetic beams. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) And then my last one is like, my favorite thing that maybe happened in all three movies. Oh, boy. But um, Han Solo and Leia are in a spaceship, and they're having quippy banter for some reason. And then, like, she somehow falls on his lap. Not sure why. And then he says something, like, that's kind of an innuendo. And she says, being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited. <laughs> Hashtag ultimate dick joke. I love that. <laughs> God, she's amazing. Like, props to Princess Leia, props to whichever writer on the team wrote that line and managed to get it around, like, the rating censors of their time. Mm-hmm. Like, dear Daves of Game of Thrones, please take note at how you do a very casual dick joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> so the dick count is one. The dick count is officially one. All right. <laughs> I love this. Um, Moving on to gripes. We've already talked about this, but the love triangle is a gripe. Um, Han Solo always saying that he's leaving and then getting distracted and staying is a gripe. Wasn't that endearing, though? It's formulaic and so, like, fine. And, like, I get that he's trying not to get attached. And then he does get attached because he secretly cares about everyone. So, like, fine. But it's just, like, annoying in terms of premise. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, the hoops that they have to jump through to, like, write that into being. Yep. My next gripe is going to be extremely unpopular. I want to put that out there because I understand I'm about to cross a line. And don't at me. Chewbacca. You don't Everything like about Chewbacca? Chewbacca. I don't like Chewbacca. What don't, I don't you like about Chewbacca. him? I just don't need him. Like, why is he even there? What, is, what, what has he done for me? He's a sidekick. But, like, he's kind of a dumb one because... But sometimes he saves the day. I guess. There's just, like, no relatability with Chewbacca. He just, like, kind of yells a lot, and Han Solo's the only one who knows what he's saying at any given time. You're in space. What do you want? I don't- I just didn't need- like, sure, I'm in space, so I don't need Chewbacca. I've got other stuff. All right, all right. I don't know. He's- I'm sorry, guys. If you want to make a case for Chewbacca, like, write me an actual argument on Gmail- 
hatewatchlist.gmail.com because I don't think Twitter, unless you thread it well, can like really do justice to the amount of convincing I need. (laughs) (laughs) And then I wrote the resolution, though, with about 13 question marks. Mm -hmm. And because I don't actually remember how this movie ended, even though I watched it three nights ago, I don't know what I was referring to. But something about the resolution of this movie was just like dumb. Uh, Han Solo got frozen in carbonite and then Luke got his hand back and they stared longingly out the window in, like, an awkward moment of incest. Oh, right, because they tried to get to the ship that had Han Solo and they didn't get to it in time, but, like, at least they saved Luke and Leia. Yeah. Yeah, it was... (sighs) I mean, it was, like, stay tuned for whatever episode is next. I mean, they knew at that point they were getting the third one, right? I think so. They must have for it to end that stupidly. Yeah. And, like, keep in mind, y'all... I don't have the nostalgia factor that you all do, so I'm sorry if I'm shitting on your shit. No, that's part of the experiment. (laughs) (laughs) I was just, like, not captivated by this particular film. Fair enough. However, if we jump over to Hey, Watch My Joy, Mm -hmm. the thing from this movie that brought me such infinite joy, like, probably 20 minutes of just, like, pure unabated joy was Chewbacca carrying C-3PO around on his back like Hodor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There's such a long chase sequence where he's just, like, running around, and C-3PO is on his back, like, yelling backwards to the people chasing him, and, like, there's a bunch of silliness. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't not see him as Hodor. That's amazing. (laughs) It just made me really happy. I love that. (laughs) Um, one thing I haven't been telling you, which I'm going to throw in as a bonus category, is the crossovers that I identified. Oh, yeah. So for the first movie, I identified House of Cards, Harry Potter, Hunger Games, Game of Thrones, and Mario, like, from Nintendo. Sure. For this movie, I identified Veep, Wally, and Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is some lit viewing. <laughs> Real lit. Oh I can find the crossover in anything, guys. You can. Quiz time, quiz time. All right, quiz time. Same format, different movie. Yep. <laughs> what is the name of the animal that Han Solo cuts open for Luke? Oh, fuck. Um, let's start with like a T. Mm-hmm. That's all I've got. I don't, I don't know what noise to make for this. <laughs> I feel like you should give that one to me because I had like a 1 in 26 chance. I'm guessing the letter right, and I knew which letter it was. Alright. Who is the leader of Cloud City? Wait, you didn't tell me what the animal is called, oh, though. Oh, yeah, sorry. Tauntaun. Oh, sure. Who is the leader of Cloud City? Oh, he has a name. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, I can describe what he looks like. I don't want that. And I can describe the uh, elaborate plot about him. <laughs> but you can't tell me his name? Uh, I think it started with an S. You're wrong. Oh. In my head, I was calling him Saban the entire time <laughs> that I was watching this Concerning movie. a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> that is Lando Calrissian. Oh yeah, that guy. 
Yeah. I Because every time they would say his name or Lauren would say his name, because Lauren remembered for some reason, I would think of Ranto Kardashian from uh, Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> and yet you couldn't remember. Well, I mean, it's only such an effective device. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Where does Yoda live? Uh, he lives on a swamp planet in a cave. Named? It's not called Swamp Planet with a Cave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he lives on Dagobah. Sure, sure, sure. Who senses Luke's telepathic distress signal after he escapes Vader? Uh, someone in a spaceship. (laughs) There were four of them there. So pick one. (laughs) I mean, I guess Leia. Oh, yay! (laughs) You got it! Well, because they're, like, related and she kind of has the force. Mm Mm-hmm. No one ever bothered to teach her what to do with it, but she's kind of got it. You know, women and all. Yeah, <laughs> our fragile lady brains can't <laughs> handle the force. We need a patriarchy jingle. <laughs> uh, I have so many feelings about Princess Leia and the patriarchy, guys. That needs to be like its own podcast. Yeah, I want to hear about that. <laughs> Ready for our guest question? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From Frank. Hey, Frank. What does Han Solo say when Leia says she loves him? I know. (laughs) Good job. Thanks. You got one more right on this round. No shit. Yeah. That's crazy. I only gave you a half a point for Tauntaun. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I didn't think that I got more right. This one felt worse than the other one. (laughs) You're averaging it around a 40% retention rate. Yeah! (laughs) Good job, me. Well, Return of the Jedi might be my redemption story, because I have two pages of notes on it. Jesus. Uh-huh. This is my least favorite movie, and I can't remember the last time I watched it. This might have been my favorite of the three. Oh, dear God. I have two bullet points under Hate Watch My Joy. And I have three burning questions. I This one did have the most gripes with it, too, though. Yeah. All right. So tell me tell me what it's about. <clears throat> okay. So um, the Death Star is being rebuilt. Jabba the Hutt is really gross. And we spend a lot of time getting to know him because he now has Leia and Frozen Han Solo in his custody. And Luke is trying to figure out how to get him back. And he's a Jedi now. Um, and so he tries to use his Jedi powers to get them back from Jabba and tries negotiation and it doesn't work and he falls into a trap and there's like a big battle scene uh, with brand new CGI that's like very fancy because now it's the 80s. Mm-hmm. And anyway, in the middle of this battle sequence, Leia strangles Jabba the Hutt in what is my favorite scene of female empowerment in all of film and television history. Wow. Yep. I know that's a bold claim, but I was really fucking here for it. Mm-hmm. And then Han Solo gets unfrozen, and then people go back to places. And then the Emperor comes to the Death Star, and it really upset me because I didn't know 
for a long time that Darth Vader was not the Emperor. <laughs> I mean, I figured this out in the last movie, but it was also upsetting to then have the Emperor on the Death Star because I was like, why the fuck is Darth Vader here? Yep. Um, so, and they're all talking about how this Death Star is going to be, like, better than the other one. Um, but now it's not only important to rebuild the Death Star, but it's important to get Luke over to the Death Star because they need to convert him to the evil side of the Force. Right. Um, in order for all of their empirical plans to work. Um, so they hatch a scheme to make Luke evil and set a very elaborate trap. And then the rebels, meanwhile, have formed a plan to try to destroy the Death Star before it's fully built. And because of this elaborate trap set by the Emperor and Darth Vader, they think all they have to do is get the Death Star to drop its, like, force shield, protective shield thing. And then they're going to land on this planet where, like, the core of something to do with the Death Star is, and if they blow that thing up, then the Death Star is not as protected or something. Mm-hmm. But it's a trap. So then they go to this teddy bear planet, and there's a big flying battle with um, the stormtroopers, who, this was one of my burning questions in a former movie, but why the fuck do, are they the same as peacekeepers from the Hunger Games? Yeah, that happened. Anyway, I digress. They look the same. They might as well be the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then there's, like, a big flying fight, and everyone gets separated because they're, like, flying around and shit. And then when that ends, C-3PO has his road to El Dorado moment where the teddy bears think that he's God. And so everyone almost gets roasted over a spit, and then Luke uses the Force to convince the teddy bears that C-3PO is a God, and they become part of the teddy bear tribe. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, and so now they're part of the tribe, so now the teddy bears are helping them to find this, like, thing, this bunker with the core for the Death Star that's on the teddy bear planet. And then, like, Yoda dies randomly, um, and <laughs> Luke is really sad about it, and then he learns that everything's a trap, and then somehow he ends up at the Death Star, and meanwhile, everyone else is, like, trying to get to this bunker where they do the thing to kill the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of walking and talking about family relationships and, like, good and evil. Yep. And Luke is thinking that he's going to turn Darth Vader good again because he can still see good in him. But then everyone's, like, really worried on both sides that Luke's judgment is clouded by knowing that Darth Vader is his father. And everyone's worried that Darth Vader's judgment is clouded by knowing that Luke is his son. Meanwhile, Luke also now knows that Leia is his sister. And so that's awkward. That moment when Luke is the three-eyed raven. Yeah, Luke is the three-eyed raven. Maybe the three-eyed emo, to be, to be honest. <laughs> He's definitely the three-eyed emo. Um, Leia can feel the force. Everyone feels a lot of stuff. Han Solo and Leia make out a lot while also defeating the trap and break, like, the force field that's around the Death Star. So then the rest of the Rebel Alliance, like, swoops in. And then some other stuff happens, and they blow up the Death Star using the same exhaust pipe system into the reactor that they used in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So good job, Darth Vader and company. <laughs> um, and then the Empire dissolves because the Death Star has been blown up and the Emperor is dead, I guess. Um, and so all the planets across the galaxy celebrate, and there's, like, confetti. And there might be another medal ceremony, but they're all dancing around on the teddy bear planet, and Leia has long hair. Yep. You covered <laughs> all the Return high points. The Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I was really fascinated by the teddy bears. 
In a good way or a bad way? In a good way. I think they might have been my favorite alien. Oh, dear lord. <laughs> There's well, like all of the all of the aliens are like ridiculous and meaningless, but like these ones had a narrative purpose and were cute. There's an episode of How I Met Your Mother where they ask women about their feelings about Ewoks because it tells them how old they are based on when they first saw Star Wars. <laughs> and I forget how exactly it goes, but you're on the spectrum now. Sure. <laughs> on the low end of that spectrum? I think it's like if you saw it when you were a kid, you thought they were cute. I don't know. <laughs> but how is there any interpretation where they're not cute? They're annoying. They're small and fuzzy and they help them. Ugh, I hate them. But they helped the rebels. I They're, hate like, them. The teddy bears are the only reason that they succeeded in blowing up the Death Star. Yeah, but why choose teddy bears? Why not choose, like, I don't know, anything more engaging than teddy bears? Because your only choice is, like, 50-style gray alien with the giant three eyes or Jabba the Hutt. Which one's more visually interesting? Oh, my God. The teddy bears are. Trick answer. I can't even listen to this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, burning questions for this movie. Why on earth, this makes no fucking sense to me, why on earth is Jabba the Hutt sexually attracted to human women? Yeah, that happens. What the fuck heteronormative nonsense is that, George Lucas? He, I think he's a little creepy, to be honest. George Lucas? Yeah. He's gotta be. Like, he was That's just going for right that there. costuming. Yeah! It was literally just an excuse to get Carrie Fisher basically naked. Right. I mean, we already know from interviews that, of especially of recent years, that they wouldn't let Carrie Fisher wear a bra in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely a little creepy and a little gross. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm especially upset about it because, obviously, like, all over popular culture, there's nonstop references to Slave Leia. So, like, I know what the costume is. And I've always seen that, and I'm kind of immune to that. But I've never actually seen where it came from. Mm -hmm. I've never watched any of the Slave Leia scenes. And it made it, like, a thousand times more upsetting. Like, I don't know that there's a reference in pop culture to Slave Leia that I can truly find funny anymore because I was so angry about Jabba the Hutt being sexually attracted and sexually abusive of Leia. She does get her revenge. She does, and I was not kidding when I said it might be my favorite moment of female empowerment in all of film and television. Like, watching her strangle him with a fucking chain, the same chain that she's tied up with, is, is like, so fucking beautiful. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> Good job, Princess Leia. There you go. <laughs> that was actually one of my two moments of joy for you to hate watch. I figured it might be. Yeah, it's in there. I just, I fucking loved it. It was so good. It's, like, pure redemption. Like, it just feels good. <laughs> good job, Leia. Good um, job. But also, in the meantime, like, disgusting men, disgusting patriarchy. Why would Jabba want to have sex with human women? Unnecessary. Yes. Do droids feel pain? Uh... I don't think they feel physical pain, but I think they experience emotional pain. Okay. I can handle that. 
And I've already asked this in a few different roles, but like, I genuinely mean it this time. I have to know. What is Darth Vader's role in the government? <laughs> like, is he like a prime minister? Is he a general? Like, is he one notch below the emperor? Like, I, I don't understand his relevance as the fucking villain in this movie because I do not understand his relevance to the fucking government. Yes, he's one notch below the emperor. It's possible... But I don't want to say the wrong thing and offend some of the nerds in a good way. Uh, <laughs> I like all nerds. Um, I It's possible <laughs> that there couldn't be more than one Darth person at a given time. What? I think. That's bananas. What Darth, do you mean? Darth is a title. What? As you will learn. That's... <laughs> Banane. That just blew my mind. Yeah. The universe is weird now because there's a huge expanded universe following this film that came out in those like 20 years in between any movies. And basically once Disney got hold of everything for episode seven, they said all of the expanded universe is retconned and it doesn't exist anymore. Sure. Fair enough. So... I don't know what's real and what isn't. Nothing fucks you harder than time. <laughs> but. <laughs> it's possible that that is the case, but there are definitely more than one Darths over the course of the series. That's mind-blowing. So I okay. think Darth I can may be that. a title. Of like Darth is the job title. Extreme Dark Lord, but not yet Emperor. Okay. So how does that fall in line with Siths? Sith? The the Sith. It's that's not comfortable like, to try to pluralize. That's like their religion, kind of. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. So, like, they are Sith lords. Right. I think. Okay. I don't... Uh, oh like God. being a Jedi master except evil. so good! Um, okay, so for some worst lines of dialogue, this is someone good, someone that we like, I can't remember who, referring to Darth Vader, who says, he's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. This is Luke talking to someone, doesn't matter who, about the fact that his destiny is now to kill Darth Vader. And he says, I can't kill my own father. And the other person says, then the Emperor has already won. You were our only hope. Way to be fucking passive aggressive, you tool. (laughs) (laughs) And then, might be the same conversation. Someone says, bury your feelings deep down inside, Luke. This might, the last part might not be exact, but it says, they serve you well, but may serve the Emperor. That sounds sexual somehow. (laughs) Um, during the Road to El Dorado scene, when Luke, Leia, and Han Solo are tied onto, uh, like, logs and being held over fires while the teddy bears are trying to eat them, and C-3PO is on a throne, Uh Luke turns to him and says, 3PO, tell them if they don't do as you wish, you will become angry and use your magic. Oh, boy. (laughs) And then two more. This is a conversation between Luke 
and Darth Vader uh, in order. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith in your friends is yours. Yikes. Like, fuck you both. (laughs) And then as Darth Vader is dying, he tells Luke to take off his mask and he says, just for once, let me look on you with my own eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't look on anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. (laughs) That dialogue, though. Um, are you ready for gripes? Oh, yeah. Job of the Hut is just one universal yep. gripe. Yep. You guys already know about my feelings about the lack of explanation about governmental structure in the galaxy. Um, that fucking musical number that happens in the bar that Job of the Hut like, owns or whatever. Yep. What the fuck? I don't have like, answers. Sexy aliens doing weird dancey shit like i no one needed that and that was like an easy five minutes yeah that's why i hate this movie i just didn't need that yeah um all of this shit throughout the movie with luke being like oh i can't kill my own father and like being we everyone being weird about family like luke being weird about leia and darth vader and darth vader being weird about luke and then leia being weird about luke like Y'all didn't know each other up until, like, a couple weeks ago when some dead Jedi told you you were all related. So, like, can we cool it down a notch? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all aren't suddenly in love with each other the way a father and son actually would be just because you happen to be related. You don't know. Well, I'm sorry, but I do actually know. Like... (laughs) This is a thing that I have real world experience with, not with my father, but with like other people I'm related to who I didn't know existed until I was an adult. Like I've had this exact experience and it just doesn't work this way. (laughs) (laughs) Like You don't suddenly feel so connected to them through the force. I'm not suddenly overflowing with the love of the force mm-hmm. for these people just because we share DNA. <laughs> like fair. Like and especially if like I mean maybe it would be different if I was like the only Jedi and the entire fate of the universe rested on me. Except I kind of feel like if the entire fate of the entire universe rested on me and me alone, it would not be a question. Right. Right? Like in theory, Luke has no skin in this game. True. He never knew his father. Just because he now knows that Darth Vader is his father shouldn't mean anything because Darth Vader is also evil. Like, do you really want your father to be this evil overlord? But that internal conflict, though. No kidding. It's like, <laughs> oh, I can still see good in him. I think we can still make him good. It's like, well, no one else has in the last, like, 50 years. So good fucking luck, Luke. Right. We're all proud of you and your baby face, but, like, get the fuck out of here. You don't know this guy. <laughs> that it, just, it drove me fucking crazy. And my second gripe related to this is that, like, immediately, I mean, it was foreshadowed in the last movie, but, like, immediately after Luke telling Leia that they're related, she can now suddenly feel the force. Yeah, that's She now bullshit. suddenly knows, like, what's going on with Luke because she can, like, feel him. It's like, that only happened five minutes ago because Luke fucking told you you were related. It's not because you suddenly have some grand understanding of the force. 
Right. It's horse shit. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of feelings. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) And then... The love triangle thing came up again because Han Solo gets really fucking weird about it. And then Leia has to be like, oh, no, we're actually related. And then Han gets this look on his face like, oh, my God, no way. And then they make out, which I'm sorry, but that's not any more romantic or less creepy than it would have been without that revelation. Right. Like him being like, oh, my God, you're not into your brother. Let's make out right now was maybe not the right time. (laughs) But as you pointed out, it's just a a theme of the genre. (laughs) Fair enough. And then, believe it or not, none of those things were my number one gripe. My number one gripe from this fucking movie was the moment that Yoda dies. He was. You were so upset. I was so angry. I yelled at Kelsey about it on Slack forever, except I couldn't actually yell about it because we needed to save it for recording this episode. But it made me so fucking mad. So, like, they're just hanging out in his cave on his swamp planet, and they're talking, and Luke says something dumb and naive because he's a newborn fucking lamb baby, and Yoda is like, oh, when you're 900 years old, you won't look this good. And then he, like, coughs, and then he goes and lays in bed and is like, oh, by the way, Luke, I'm dying right now. And then Luke's like, wait, you can't die. That would be bad for me because I'm a sad little child who needs your help. And then Yoda spends, like, 10 minutes dying dramatically, (laughs) dropping all this random earthly wisdom on him. And then he just dies. He just dies. Yeah. Why? Why, though? I... I don't know. You want to talk about some arbitrary horse shit? Yeah, it is. It is. He's like, oh, you're a Jedi now, so I'm I'm dead. I don't have answers for you. (laughs) You can talk to our buddy George. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? It was such a failure of writing. Yeah, that's like the song of the Star Wars. <laughs> like, why right then? Like, I'm not even sure I'm convinced Yoda should have died at all. Because he's a 900-year-old, like, magical being. Like, right. why is there some expiration date on him? Right. And But, like, fine. If part of the magic in this world is that he has to die when, like, the last Jedi to fulfill its jedi destiny has been prepared for his important mission then like fine i can handle that logic the force has limited bandwidth kirsty apparently but like i could take even that explanation like that would work for me in terms of defining the limits of magic in this universe but like why right then there was no foreshadowing there was no like exposition to tell us that this was coming at some point and even in the scene, there were no indicators. He just, like, stands up and makes a joke, and then he's like, oh, and I'm gonna go lay down and die. Right. Right now. Right. <laughs> even Luke is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, in that moment, Luke was all of us. He was. <laughs> <laughs> it was horse shit. <laughs> uh- <laughs> 
<laughs> so to wrap that up, I'll let you hate watch my joy a little. I've already expressed how much joy I felt at Leia strangling Jabba the Hutt, but I think it bears repeating. I'm so proud of you, Princess Leia. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, And then the other thing was, like, there was a very notable difference in the visual effects and costuming in this movie from the other two. Yeah. Like, it very much looks like it was produced in a different time. And, like, it came out in the 80s, so in some sense, I guess it was a different time. But I feel like you see potentially both, but either um, a change in budget or a change in technology. Based on the time, I would say you're seeing some of both. Yep. And I don't know, it just, like, felt very, like, charming and rewarding to see how big of a difference it was in that movie versus the other one. I think it was, like, almost a 10-year span in between the first and the third. Um, I'd have to look it up again. I want to say Return of the Jedi was, like, 83 or 84, and A New Hope was 77. I thought it was 87 and 77. I don't think it was quite that long. I'll look it up. Mark Hamill had some serious aging if it was only five years. Yeah, right. He did age, X-Core. Yeah, 1983. Well, shit. Maybe he's one of those words. I don't want to... <laughs> you know what I'm referring I, to. I just don't want to... I do. I don't want to make assumptions. <laughs> um, although I think you're right, because in uh, during the filming for Empire Strikes Back, he was in a drunk driving accident oh. and fractured his nose. Fair, fair. And had to get, like, a lot of stitches in his face. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but A New Hope was 1977. Yeah. And might as well fill in the middle years. 81, 80. 80. Yeah. So, yeah, like, because Return of the Jedi uses, like, legit CGI. Like, there are times when it looks like a computer screensaver. And I don't know, in general, like, their costumes were better. And it was... It was slightly more convincing in that sense. Like, it was not as silly as the first one was. Right. I found that, like, really charming and, like, it's going to sound really dumb, but, like, heartwarming <laughs> to, to see, like, the trilogy come so far. Yeah. And then bonus category crossovers. I had Gladiator, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and Harry Potter. Look at that. Just hitting all the big ones with this movie. Oh, yeah. Quiz time. Quiz time. I'm going to give you one for free because you already mentioned it a couple times. It's a lot of pressure. Who kills Jabba the Hutt? Oh, Leia. <laughs> Where do Ewoks live? Um, are those the teddy bears? Maybe. So they live on the planet that has the thing that shoots out to the Death I'm, Star. I'm looking for the, the name, Kirsty. The Force. <laughs> We've been over this. <laughs> It's like you think I'm good at names or something. <laughs> As if I don't take at least three seasons to learn a character's name. You I'm going to remember some fucking obscure planet. <laughs> I don't know. It's Ewok land. Don't fail me again. <laughs> it's Endor. Sure. Hey, it's like Gondor. My sure. metal ceremony joke didn't go completely wasted because they rhyme. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. What three ghosts show up at the end of the movie? 
Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Anakin, who I was completely shocked to see looked exactly like Christopher What's-His-Face, who plays Anakin in the prequels. That's because they, like, photoshopped him in. I was wondering about that! George Lucas pulls some serious bullshit Oh my god, times. that's like some 1984, like, fucking Department of Truth mind warp fuckery. Wait, did he really do that? Yeah, in one of the re-releases, he did that. Holy fuck! To so be I was a dick. I was watching that, and I was like, "How the fuck did they find an actor in the prequels who could both play the part and looked so much like the ghost in the original movie?" But it's because George Lucas pulled some shit. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck! So I I owe you this. <laughs> I'm, like, simultaneously impressed and also feel like my life is a complete lie. Yeah, I know. Nothing can be trusted. Well, more on this to come, but... No kidding. Okay, anyway, it was Anakin. What does Jabba threaten to throw Luke into? Um, oh, the pit that has the thing with all the teeth? Do you know what it's called? (laughs) We've established that. (laughs) (laughs) It's got, like, tentacles and teeth. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to you. But for reference... It's a Sarlacc pit. Oh! No shit, that's the Sarlacc! I thought that would be useful for you to know. Oh my god! (laughs) Add that to Hate Watch My Joy! That's so great! I didn't know that was the Sarlacc! This did everything I hoped it would. (laughs) So... It's the Sarlacc! Guys, drink twice. (laughs) And also, (laughs) when I was in college, and then for about a year after college, I was abroad, and uh, Kelsey and I created an archetype referred to as the Sarlacc, self-righteous living abroad kids, (laughs) because I was one of them. Yep. (laughs) Yep. We can do a whole thing on it because it's a really funny reference, but oh my god, that's the Sarlacc! <laughs> yes, and also other oh people god. in the world reference Sarlaccs more frequently than you'd think. Ah, oh, no kidding. Wait, I feel like I really missed an opportunity while I was living abroad because I can think of multiple places that were literally Sarlacc pits. Yeah. This would have been a really good reference. It's a oh good metaphor. Oh my god. This, like, opened a whole new world for me. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for our guest question from Tim? Hey, Tim. All right. So I used this since the Emperor dies in this movie. I would like to know when we first learned of him. In which movie? Emperor Strikes Back. Emperor. Empire Strikes Back. Don't fail me again. What? According to Tim, we hear about him first in episode four when Tarkin mentions him in a meeting. What, like I'm listening to all of the House of Cards style policy briefs about the education bill? Maybe. (laughs) Wait, that's wild. I don't remember hearing mention of the Emperor until semi-early on in Empire Strikes Back because that's when I texted you and I was like, wait, is Darth Vader not the Emperor? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. That's buck wild, man. Trick question from Tim. No kidding. Good job, Tim. Well, you did you did decently again. It's like the same percentage. <laughs> At 
least I'm consistent. So consistent. <laughs> so do you oh want to talk about God. the other fuckery that George Lucas pulled? Yeah. Um, in terms of a bonus question? Sure. We're going to go back to episode four. Okay. Who shot first, Han Solo or Greedo? Who's Greedo? In the cantina scene, when you first meet Han Solo. Um, you don't recall. I vaguely... I, well, but there's, like, multiple scenes where people are in bars shooting phaser guns and stuff. The first time you meet Han Solo. Sure, 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 sure. Um... Han. Correct. <laughs> I hit a 50%, 50-50 shot there. <laughs> However, <laughs> in re-releases of these movies, he changed it to show Greedo shooting first. So Why? Han was retali- retaliating, retaliating. <laughs> <laughs> retaliating in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> he was retaliating instead of taking the initiative because it made him less of a bad person. What the fuck? It's you some... don't just get to rewrite your movies. Oh, he thinks he can. What the fuck is that? I know. That's some horse shit right there. I know. I'm not okay with that. No one is. Frank said that we would have to end our friendship if this conversation didn't go this way, so. It 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 makes me, like, physically uncomfortable. I'm, like, very much not okay with that. Like, that is straight up some dystopian nightmare bullshit. Yep. Like, you don't get to just gaslight an entire generation of people who experienced popular culture in real time by fucking remastering your shit to change entire scenes. Yeah. You don't just get to do that. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm sorry to break that to you. I'm super not down with that. George Lucas. I feel like George Lucas needs to take a time out. Oh, please. He, yeah. (laughs) That is so not okay. No. So, any general thoughts? I, I mean, I feel like I, I talked about most of it. I still am not super convinced about, like, the relationship between, like, the Empire, the whole galaxy, and the Force. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not, like, the most convinced about all of the individual players, like, the Rebels and the Jedi and whatever. Like, if I sort of zoom out and think about it as a whole story and don't ask too many questions, I can accept all of it. But I'm a little disappointed that after three movies, I still have this many, like, questions about the fundamental core of the narrative. Yeah, fair enough. And I know that a lot of that comes from the fact that I don't have the nostalgia factor. Like, I haven't spent the last 27 years of my life, like, tearing this narrative apart for answers. Mm-hmm. And that matters. But I'm I'm disappointed that it didn't feed it to me. So, are you ready for your preview for the next time you watch Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we're going to go to, like, 1997, 8, 9, in that range. And we're going to get the Anakin Skywalker origin story. <laughs> They're going to try to overcompensate and overexplain about all the things that you were just griping about. Gotcha. Like George R. R. Martin level? Yeah. Yikes. So get hyped for some policy and <laughs> some scientific reasoning to validate the force. 
and get hyped for some new Darths. You're going to learn about the value of the high ground. And you're going (laughs) to learn about why sand is bad. Sand. (laughs) Yeah, one of my questions was, like, what what is the point? Which, this is going to sound like a dumb question because this is what prequels do in function, but, like, stick with me. Like, what is the point of the prequels in this particular series except to do the world building that the original trilogy did not do? I mean, it's so, like, it's the Darth Vader origin story, right? Right, yeah. So that's did, kind of... did it really take three movies to do the Darth Vader origin story? Because I feel like you got it in, at the end of Revenge of the Sith. You did. Sure. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> right. So, yeah, I don't have answers for the prequels. That's fine. I just don't. I also didn't know until this week when I was watching the original trilogy that it was only these three movies until we were, like, old. Yeah. I I had it in my head. I guess the only way this would work in terms of logic is if there were more movies than there actually are. But I had it in my head that there were, like, more movies in between the beginning of the original trilogy and when I became aware of Star Wars, which was probably, like, the second or third of the prequels? Yeah, no. I mean, there was, like, the like, holiday special. <laughs> which I'm so excited for. Which we'll get to. We're definitely going to do that. There was a lot of books. That, there was stuff. Well, there was, like, spinoff content. Yeah. But that's not the same as, like, canon. Right. But. So that he, blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, a lot of the, like, Darth Vader origin story building is in the same vein as, like, people who really love Walter White, even though he's a bad person, and, like, hero-worship him for the wrong reasons. Sure, sure, That's, sure, like, sure. what happened to the world with this gotcha. as well. To that some extent. sweet, sweet anti-hero. Yeah. But, like, in a in a gross way. Basically, we're all Luke, and we're all sitting in the background being like, but there's good in him, I know it! <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a super treat. I'm so excited for the next stage of this journey. I I'm really so excited the for the Slack part. I'm going to get. Oh my god. It's going to be lit in the Slack channel, let me tell you. I need you to allocate a good portion of your table to bad lines of dialogue. Oh, I will. There will be lots of it. I have some memorized in case you need them. <laughs> like the high ground quote? Yeah. And sand oh, is amazing. cold and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. <laughs> course not cold damn it <laughs> I was so how's close. that how's that motivator working for you it's, it's bad <laughs> kelsey's got a bad motivator guys do you think i can call in sick because i have a bad motivator <laughs> I, I think you must i think that's like <laughs> a requirement somehow but also like can i get an r2 unit that knits for me Yes, that's actually what we need. They don't use these for good purposes. No, you know what What bugged me about the use of R2-D2 is, like, how many times he was on a spaceship, like, they were doing chase scenes through various spaceships, and they needed to hack something, and he just, like, stuck out his little arm and, like, rotated a thing. It's like, why are there so many ports on spaceships that you can rotate to hack shit? And why is that also, like, the only thing it can do? I mean, 
that storytelling logic, though. (laughs) (laughs) This is a complete gumball, but you want a funny anecdote of, like, my teenage years coming full circle the other night as I was watching Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So one of my childhood best friends in her house had a life-size styrofoam replica of Yoda. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was in her basement, and we would, like, fuck around with it and, like, play with it when we were there for sleepovers, and it was, like, always there. It was ever-present. So I, like, have that styrofoam thing of Yoda, like, imprinted on my memory. hmm And then Yoda shows up on the screen, and I said to my husband, I was like, you know, my friend had this replica of Yoda, and yet I wasn't really expecting him to look so much like it. And he's like, well, that's how replicas work. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, this was like a a styrofoam replica. So I thought it was like a shitty bootleg. (laughs) I was not expecting real Yoda to look exactly the same as the styrofoam replica in my friend's basement. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which, like, is simultaneously, I guess a by-proxy humble brag for my friend's styrofoam replica of Yoda. And also just, like, I feel mystified that this Yoda looked, like, <laughs> so lifelike. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. Fun anecdote for the day. That was so fun. I know. You loved it. I did love it. <laughs> Everyone loved it. <laughs> At an hour and 38 minutes into this podcast, they definitely it- loved it. That was definitely the content you needed. Oh, boy. After being here for, like, three hours. So, um, if you want to talk to us more about Star Wars, if you want to teach me a thing, you can find us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs. You can find us by email, um, HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com, and you can send us things. You can also find us on the internet if you don't want to send us stuff but you just want to see our stuff at our website, HateWatchWithUs.com. And you can also find us on other people's websites if you go to thoughtbubbleaudio.com because we're members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network. Yeah. Particular shout outs to Palmer, Tim, and Frank for submitting guest questions for this episode. They host two podcasts, kind of together, kind of not, (laughs) uh, Beer with Geeks and Academy Rewind. So check those out. Yeah. And they're awesome. Thank you guys for schooling me. And also for putting up with me in the Slack. (laughs) I really leaned on all of the Thought Bubble Audio Network this week. You did. I feel like it's going to happen again, too. (laughs) Oh, it's going to get fucking lit in the Slack channel when I watch the prequels. So consider this a warning to you, the listeners, and you, our friends at Thought Bubble Audio. Direct (laughs) shout out. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Retaliating in the Millennium Falcon.